And uh, David is writing upon the occasion of a broken heart. Uh, David has been betrayed. He's been belittled. He's been forsaken. And feels as if he's been forgotten. And he has begun writing. And uh, if we'll uh, have the time, if God will give us time, I want to try to walk you through this psalm and explain some things to you from the Word of God. Psalm chapter 55 and verse number 1. If you're there, say Amen. Amen. Uh, The psalmist David, of course, writing says, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, And the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. And horror hath overwhelmed me. Now pay attention to what he says here. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof, and mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it, neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together, walked into the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. I like verse 16, the tide turns. He says, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry loud and He shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. That was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old Selah, because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord." And he shall sustain thee. And he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in thee. My, my, my. If I could, my thought comes from verse number 6 through verse number 8. David said, and I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. 
I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. If I could, I want to take thought from those three verses and preach on this subject tonight. Flying away won't fix it. Flying away will not fix it. Let's pray. Father, we love You. Lord, we thank You for the opportunity to be here. Thank You, Lord, that we've already had the opportunity, the honor, and the privilege, God, to fall on our face before a thrice holy God. Lord, You said that we could come boldly before the throne room of grace. And God, we've done that tonight. We're thankful, Lord, for God, Your presence in this place. And Lord, Your presence in our prayers. And the presence, Lord, in the midst of Thy people. But God, now it's preaching time. And Lord, I'm asking for Your presence among the preaching. God, I'm asking for power and unction. And Lord, I'm asking for, uh, Lord, a touch from You, God, that only You can give. Lord, I can't help these people on my own. Oh, God, I don't want to try. Please, Lord, forgive me of any unconfessed sin. Uh, God, use me, Lord. May I be be open and available and clean, Lord, that God, you could fill me up tonight and God, speak to your people. Please, Lord, help us to that end and God, that you'd receive the honor, the glory, and all the praise for what's said and done here tonight. God, touch me, Lord. God, thy unworthy vessel, help me, Lord, and for what you do in me, through me, and for me, I will give you honor, praise, and glory that's due to your name. Help us for a little while in Jesus' name and for His sake. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated here tonight. Uh, flying won't fix it. Uh, may I say tonight by way of introduction, it is here in our text where the psalmist David has begun writing a psalm of sorrow and supplication based upon the words that we just read. It is obvious that David has penned this psalm upon occasion of his son Absalom's rebellion but more importantly the particular enemy tonight that he's speaking of is not Absalom my friend it goes back deeper than that it goes back to a man by the name of Ahithophel Ahithophel was a dear friend of King David's if you study your Bible you'll find out that Ahithophel was one of David's most important men. He was a counselor and a friend to David. The Bible said in 2 Samuel 15, 12 and Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gileonite and David's counselor from his city even from Giloi while he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. If you know your Bible, you know uh, uh, that David has a wayward son, uh, a son that's full of rebellion, uh, the most handsome fellow in all of the kingdom. And the Bible said uh, as people were coming uh, to seek counsel and seek wisdom and uh, seek the presence of King David, uh, that Absalom would sit outside uh, of that gated city and he'd take them by the hand. Uh, and the Bible said he'd kiss them uh, by on, on the He'd take his lips and kiss him on the hand. And the Bible said that Absalom stole the hearts of the people. Now without a shadow of a doubt, that ought to, that ought, that no, no doubt would have brought David to this place of desolation and depravity and depression if he's lost 
at the heart of his kingship and the people of his kingdom. But more importantly, my friend, he's not only looking out over an entire country that he's lost fellowship with, that's been robbed and stolen away, but he's looking at a man that was his very best friend, a counselor, a shoulder to crown, that one that would lift him up in the midnight hour. My friend, I'm trying to tell you tonight that when anybody gets forsaken, it hurts. But when it's someone that you deeply care for and love, it means that much more. And it's that much worse. And here we are, Ahithophel has forsaken the great psalmist David. And the Bible said he's joined forces with his rebellious son, Absalom. If you look at verse 12 through verse 14, we see a few things. In verse number 12, the Bible said, It was not an enemy that reproached me, for then I could have borne it. You know what King David's saying, Brother Shelby? I expect trouble from those who cause trouble. This wasn't my enemy. If it was an enemy, I could have been ready and I could have borne that. But look at verse 13. He said... uh, and verse number 13 but it was thou a man my equal you know what that means it means it's one whom David had esteemed as highly as himself it was a friend as his very own soul it was someone who he laid in his own bosom and made equal with himself it was somebody of whom he communicated all his secrets and it was a man who knew his mind as well as he did he not only says it was thou a man my equal in verse 13 but verse 13 he also says uh, uh, it was a man my equal look here my God uh, my friend this was someone uh, uh, with whom David had been advised and counseled uh, this was someone uh, by whom David had been directed in many great and important affairs of life uh, it was someone uh, who had been made the president of the king's highest council and the prime minister of the estate. I'm trying to tell you that Ahithophel was a god. He was was counted to David. He loved him like he loved his own self. He was a god, but not only was he a god, he was an acquaintance. He was a very close and familiar friend. May I say, this is the man that now abuses David. David had been kind to him. But now Ahithophel is so ungrateful. David had placed his trust in him. But now he's committed treason. May I say this type of thing. It cuts deep. It goes to the heart. And it goes to the soul of man. And David reaches the place. He said if I could. If it were a possibility. If there was any way out. He said, oh, that God uh, would give me wings like a dove uh, that I could fly away. Uh, May I say tonight, uh, I don't know where you are or where you've been, but you better know uh, there's coming a day in your life uh, if you're not there right now uh, that the only answer you can seem to find uh, is a way out. Uh, The only solution you can seem to reach uh, is to fly away. Uh, But you better hear me tonight. You can't outrun trouble. It'll track you down. The answer is not to fly away. Why, preacher?
because flying away won't fix it. It won't fix it. Verse 14, David said, we took sweet counsel together. In other words, David and Hithophel had spent many hours together in the presence and power of God. Y'all with me? Are you following me? I'm not talking about an old friend from high school. I mean somebody that's been through the storms with him. Somebody that's been on the mountain with him. Somebody, he was there. He was there when God showed up. He was there when God anointed David. Uh, he was there when uh, all the trouble came uh, and the trials. And he was a guide. He was an example to David. He was a friend. Uh, he was an acquaintance. Uh, he, in other words, he gave fellowship uh, uh, to the right hand of King David in holiness. I mean, they've walked in the house of God together. They've worshipped together in the company of the Lord. Uh, they've attended public service uh, uh, hooked at the hip. Uh, I mean, they've been battle buddies. Are you with me? Uh, they've been battle buddies, friend. Uh, they've hunkered down uh, side by side uh, in the midnight hour and prayed. Uh, they fasted together. Uh, they victored together. Yeah. They've been through it all. And now now he's forsaken him. <coughs> David said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I'd fly away. I'd get out of here. This hurts too bad. Any of y'all ever felt that way? This just hurts too bad. I've had enough of this. My family has been through enough of this. Y'all with me? This is real stuff. On a Wednesday night in the first week of the new year. Things are coming in your life and most of you have already been through them and you're really still not over them. I mean, might as well get honest. We know how to. We've learned how to coop and cope, and we've learned how to. We've learned how to cruise through our problems. Are you all with me? I mean, we've learned how to put on the facade, and we've learned how to put on the face, and we've learned how to put on the smile. But these people right now in my life, every time my eyeballs uh, see them, my heart flutters. Uh, I get nervous. Uh, I get sweaty because I've been hurt, uh, and I'm not bitter. Thank the Lord. I'm, I can honestly tell. I'm not bitter but I'm still wounded and I'm still hurt there's memories that I have in my life that haunt me they will not leave things that my family's been through I wish I could overcome I wish I could forget them but they're so strong and they're so bad and they're so remorseful in my mind no matter what I do they're always still there I've learned to cope with them I've learned to cruise through life with them. But at the end of the day, if I'm not careful, I can let those same problems, those same hurts, those same tragedies resurface in my life. And they'll drive you to the point of trying to fly away. And that's exactly where David's at. Mm. Can I say as I begin to read this sorrowful song it's also a psalm of supplication as David is praying. As I began to read it, I was reminded of those times in my life when I had been cut by those who I loved the most. Y'all with me? Yes, sir. I know stories some of y'all have told me and experiences that some of y'all have been through of real hurt. I mean, how, how in the world is it 
David didn't say he loved this man more than anyone else. The Bible said he counted his equal. Oh, yeah. He loved him just as much as he loved his own self. In other words, he was just as concerned about his, he was just as concerned about him as he was himself. David said, Brother Dak said it the other day uh, when he was speaking about uh, uh, taking care of the pastor. Some of that, some of that bothered you. Yeah. And if that bothered you, you got problems. But anyhow, he said, if I'm going to eat a ribeye, my preacher's getting one first. You know what he's saying? He loves me. Come on, somebody. If that bothers you, there's a problem somewhere. Hey, thank God I prayed for a man. I pray, I'm not blind and stupid. I don't have the wool over my eyes. I know half of what people say you can't believe them, but I know that God's really sent me some help, and I thank God for it. But at the end of the day, as just as wonderful as that is to me, if He were to forsake me, it got me to the core. And vice versa. If I were to forsake Him and His family, it would go. To the core. Talk about things you don't get over. Y'all with me? Why do we have to wade through these waters so carefully? So we don't end up putting one, one another in a position like this. I don't mean nothing to nobody. Oh yes you do. And if you walk away... If you jump ship and if you kiss the hand of Absalom, you're going to kill somebody in the process. You're going to put them on the edge. of. You're going to put them on the brink of going overboard. You're going to put them on the brink of trying everywhere in the world to get out. It is important tonight that you stay faithful. Listen, we cannot take a chance of another one trying to fly away. We've got to remain faithful. We've got to stay in the flock together. We've got to be a new We've got to love one another. We've got to forbear one another. We've got to forgive one another. We've got to walk through difficulty together. We've got to shout together. We've got to sorrow together. We've got to rejoice together. We've got to mourn together. Because I, for one, am sick and tired of seeing good people get hurt by the things and the people of God. Flying is not an option. You can't fly away. Flying won't fix it. Running will not fix it. It won't fix it. Can I say as I begin to look at this text and study it, I've seen the perfect type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a man that was despised and rejected. Man of sorrows in typology, just the type. It looks a whole lot like Christ. And by the way, I've told you, and that's what he told his disciples. If you're going to push forward in these latter end, uh, in these last days, you're going to suffer at persecution. So we might as well buckle up uh, for that. But my friend, as I begin to look and study and dig uh, uh, just a little deeper, I found out uh, that this is more than just uh, 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 an overall type. Uh, uh, but the specifics of this psalm are amazing. Did you know this? As I begin to read, we find uh, uh, in this text that uh, it's here that David's troubles uh, are also a type uh, of the sufferings of Christ. Uh, uh, Hithophel's treachery and treason is a same figure and type of the betrayal of Judas. Uh, uh, Judas sold him out. Uh, Judas 
free. He called you his friend. As I begin to study and dig a little deeper, you know what else I found? In 2 Samuel 17, 23, the Bible said, and when I hit the fail, saw that his counsel was not followed. He saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Both Ahithophel and Judas Iscariot have betrayed the dearest friend they ever had. And both of them, both of them ended up hanging from a noose because of their negligence and because they had forsaken and because they had kissed the hand of Absalom and sold out a true blood, blood loyal. I'm talking about a loyal brother, a loyal friend in the Lord. That drove them to the point. Both of them. Judas and Ahithophel. It drove them both to hanging themselves from a tree. What are you saying, preacher? I could preach this 500 different ways. But I want to say this. You better be careful taking advantage of and taking for granted those who God has given you. Real friends are hard to find. Are you listening? I'm trying to tell you in the midnight hour when your family won't be there, there's people in this room that will be there for you. That's right. Don't burn bridges with them. Are you with me? I can preach this a hundred different ways and I don't know exactly where we're going to end up but I know that God's loaded my wagon and this is the simple thought that He gave me out of a big portion of Scripture that flying won't fix it. May I say you've got to make up your mind. I'm staying in the coop. I'm staying in the flock. I'm not trying to get away. I'm not trying to find an escape. I know it ain't always easy. I know it ain't always enjoyable. I know you're not always happy. I know you don't have nothing but good memories when you look back over God's people but somebody ought to help me right here. Hey, I've got some bad memories from the house of God and just like you do. I've got bad memories from the people of God just like you do. But hallelujah the good far outweighs the bad. I'm going to press on despite what those whom I love have done to me. I want to go on I've been forsaken. I want to go on despite I've been forgotten. I want to go on despite I've been used and abused. I want to go on for the glory of God. Flying ain't going to fix it. David said, if I just had wings like a dove, I would fly away. And I say tonight, you say, nobody knows how I feel. Jesus does. Nobody knows what it feels like to be where I am, preacher. Jesus does. <coughs> when David reaches this place of all time low, he makes it clear. He just wants a way out. In other words, this hardship's too hard for me to bear. The pain is too much. The people are too manipulative. And the problems are too many. Anybody ever felt that way? I'm going to say it again. The pain is too much. The people are too manipulative. The problems are just too many. 
When it rains, it pours, don't it? I said it on Facebook. I probably shouldn't have. I didn't want to. I didn't want a uh, pity party. I said, my God, this year has already been stressful. It has, man. Lord have mercy. And for two days, I've been dealing with this same bunch. I mean, my God, man. I'm tired of hearing from them. I'm getting on the nerves. They keep taking, never giving. Y'all with me? Man. I'm going to tell myself, you know what I did Monday? After a good Sunday, start of the first of the year, I laid in the bed all day and had a pity party. Y'all think what you want to about me. I'm just telling you what I did. Because I didn't have money that I needed. Found out mistake and truck tags was six months expired. Come on now. Somehow or another missed the letter, didn't pay no attention. Get down there, they tried to hit me with 21 and 22. I got that situated where I can pay 21, but then on top of that, delinquent fees is adding up. Every day, they're going up. My total was almost $700 just to get me through June. I ain't said my Pay my truck tax. Fixing to go out of town. Got an electric bill coming out. I'm just saying, y'all know where I'm at. I'm just right. telling you, we all live there. Yes, sir. Got an electric bill fixing to come out. Oh. Got to pay this. Got to pay that. This is fixing to come out. My pie check ain't cleared. Here and now, I've got another $700 bill that I can't afford. Are y'all with me? Yes, sir. I don't want to come in here and say, let's just give and let's just have faith. And I do that. I do give. And I do have faith. But I'm still human. And I lay there all day upset. And I said, this is where we're at. If I pay this, two things going to happen. A, our record bill's not going to be paid for. Or B, we ain't got hardly nothing to eat. We ain't going to be able to get groceries. Y'all with me? Yes, sir. Come on, somebody. That's right. I said, so what are we going to do? Just like a good godly wife that was bragged on today. I didn't really like this. But she said, uh, you need to get up. And you need to quit uh, worrying. God's going to take care of us. He always has. Amen. Just go pay your truck tags. Everything will be all right. right. I said, lady, have you lost your mind? It's my faith. Right. You know what she said? This is her words. Amen. I'm just telling you what she said. She said, we live by faith. We always have. And this is what she said. I wouldn't want it any other way. Right. Well, yep. Now, I'm cussing everybody out because I'm having to live by faith. Are y'all with me? Yeah. I'm going to pity party. I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm broke. I got stupid taxes due. They done took a knife. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm frustrated, man. I'm still waiting on stuff to come out. And my mind is boggled down. And the first thing that came to my mind was this. If you forget about all this and go get you a 40-hour-a-week job, right. well, you have it full-time Benefits and insurance and retirement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thinks all the old young men, they, that, the, the goal is to be full time. You try it for a year. Hey, hey. Boy, I stand over yeah. Try it for a year. Oh. It's stressful. All right, boys. I can't promise my family nothing. I mean, what happens next week if nobody, if everybody gets sick and nobody comes and there's only $200 took up? Guess who don't yeah. get paid? Yeah. Yeah. You think 
easy. It ain't easy. It's stressful. My family lives like that week by week. That's all us. That's all me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Now, I ain't hear that big party. That's the truth. Just trying to be the facts. Hey. And so Monday, I laid in the bed. I didn't get up. What we gonna do? Lord, I give double. I tithe double what I make. He sure has. That's the truth. I want you to give my ten. Why are you telling me this? I'm being honest with you. I tithe double what I make. Sure does. Every week. Because if anybody else is going to pick up the slack, I want it to start with me. Man. Don't get quiet. He's yeah. preaching. Yeah. He's preaching right. He's preaching. He's yeah. preaching right. You know what I want to do? Yeah. I want to get out of here. Right. I didn't want to quit preaching. I didn't want to leave y'all. I wasn't making this thing personal between us, me and you. I just thought, you know, I can still pastor. Uh, all kinds of other people pastor. And I can go down here. There's a place down from my from my house, not five minutes. Shelby used to work there. I thought, my God, if I could just get a job there, they start off $15, $20 an hour. I mean, just after a little while, I'd probably start on full time. I'd get benefits and health insurance and I'd have retirement and my family guaranteed a paycheck every week. No, I wouldn't be able to study like I do now. No, I wouldn't be able to invest my life in the ministry with this church and other churches. But I thought, you know what? I don't care. No more. Seven years I've been worrying. Fretting. And I've worked a lot in those seven years. You're not looking at somebody that's afraid of work. Man. If I can put my boots on tomorrow, bless God, I'll go. Put my boots on and crawl. I'll crawl around. Half of you men's work with me, you know I'm telling the truth. I crawl around and uh, and everybody's sewer. I crawl in an attic in a crawl space. I'll be up with insulation just like you do. I'll go down the sawmill just like you. I'm telling you, I'll do it. Yeah. But only if God wants me to. That's right. That's it. Amen. I didn't make myself full time. No. The man came to me and said, That's "If you right. want to be full time, so let me tell you something, man. If you want to be full time, you're gonna have to do what it takes to get you full time." That is right. Wow. And if you don't, that's fine. I ain't mad at you. I go get me a job. And I work. Provide for my family. Lose a lot of stress. Can't hurt me. Man. Can't hurt me a bit. I'll go down to wherever I gotta go. I'll lose stress about where if I'm gonna get paid. No, I'm gonna get paid and come in and preach and have a good happy time. Amen. That's what you have. Why are you saying all that? I'm just trying to get you down to terms. That, you know, Monday, I, I had a pity party, and I wanted to fly away. Let me ask you what it was for you this week. Just one out. Could be, could be problems in your home. I'm sick of this woman. Could be, could be problems at work. I'm sick of this job. Could be problems in your mind. I'm sick of this. Whatever. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But I came to tell you this. Upon the authority of God's word. Flying away won't fix it. Yes, it will not fix it. Amen. God's preached this to me this week. That's how I can preach it to you. That's right. Flying away won't fix it. You ever felt that way? Well, I'm going to give you a few things. 
preach on that thought, flying away won't fix it. First of all, I want you to see why did David want to fly away? Number one, he's unheard. He, he went unheard. Any of y'all ever felt like you're trying your best to be heard, but nobody's willing to hear you? That could go, that could go physically or spiritually. Any of y'all ever felt unheard by God? Ain't nobody wants out quicker than somebody who feels like their prayers are going nowhere and nobody around them cares enough to listen to their problems. They feel all alone. David feels unheard. That's why he wanted to fly away. Look what he does in verse 1. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. I don't got time to dive into it. If you study this thing out, you'll find out when Ahithophel <coughs> forsook him and Absalom went against him and forsook him and rose against his own father. You'll find that it, he turned to different men. Uh, he turned to Saul. He turned to the people that were supposed to love him. And nobody would regard him. Nobody would hear him. And here he is in verse 1. He's begging God. Oh God, please give ear. Please hear my my prayer. May I say he does not set aside the prayers and the petitions he had offered up to God in distress, but rather he begs, he begs God to please hear him one more time. You want to know what will drive a man to flying away? He feels unheard. Verse 2, he said, attend to me. Hear me. Y'all see that verse 2? Hear me. May I say, if we in our prayers sincerely lay ourselves open and exposed to God, pour our hearts out to God, we have reason to hope that He will not hide Himself, but He will hear us. Amen. Can I tell you one reason that flying won't fix it? Because if they ain't listening to you in the storm, they ain't going to listen to you when you fly to another island. Because another storm's coming there too. I feel unheard here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relocate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Listen, there's trouble on every corner. And it does not change the fact that sometimes how we feel is not the facts. How many times have you ever felt one way and found out it really wasn't that bad after all? Amen. You know what the devil's good at doing? Manipulating your emotions. Right. Yes, sir. Making your storm look like it will never pass. But it always does. Amen. Can you imagine a couple weeks ago when that tornado went through Mayfield, Kentucky? I mean, that circle was a mile wide on the ground for almost 300 miles. I mean, can you imagine them people as they watched it off from miles and miles away coming right out? I mean, they looked as far as they could to the right, no escape. As far as they could to the left, no escape. And here it come. And it probably only lasted a few seconds right over where they were. But it felt like an eternity because they'd seen it coming. They were in it and they heard it leaving. But reality is, yes, there was a lot of collateral damage. Yes, there's effects and then problems from it from now on. But the storm itself never lasts as long as as it seems. Amen. Uh, the storms of life can do damage right. that way outlasts its presence. But listen to me. Every storm comes right. to pass. Amen. The devil is he's a master 
at making your problem, your situation, your heartbreak, your sorrow, your anxiety, your depression. Is anybody going to just, just get honest with God tonight? I mean, we're people that really deal with problems. Amen. I mean, you've got problems. And until you can realize that your problems and your failure is not final, you're going to wander around and look for a way to fly, but flying away won't fix it. Will not fix it. Why did he want to fly away? Because he had became unheard. Secondly, because he had became hurt. <laughs> when you get hurt, you know what you want to do? Get out of dodge. That shot that was fired hurt. I don't want to. I don't want to feel another one. Look at verse two. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. You know what he's doing? He's groaning. He's wailing. He said, I mourn in my complaint and make noise. Anybody know what it feels like to get hurt? Again, we're not talking about his best friend from high school. We're talking about his guide, his acquaintance, his counselor. Someone that he loved as dear as he loved himself. Someone he trusted as much as he trusted himself or anybody else in the whole world. I'm talking about a battle buddy. I'm talking about a prayer friend. I'm talking about somebody that locked arms with him when all hell come against him and stood and said, when everybody else leaves you, David, I'll not leave you. And now he's kissed the sign of his rebellious son Absalom's hand and he's traded sides. He's committed treason. He's ripped his heart out. He stabbed him in the back. He's cut his throat. Everything he used to say about him, he's changed and now is saying the opposite. I mean, he has torn David down from the inside out. David is hurt. He's hurt. And y'all ever get hurt? Severely hurt? I'm not talking about having a pity party like I did Monday. But I mean, I've been through some hurt. If you're not careful, you know what your, your first... Thought will be, when you get hurt, fly away. But flying won't fix it. Why did David want to fly away? Because he became harassed. He became harassed. Look at verse 3. The Bible said, because of the voice of the enemy. Mm. Anybody know something about that? I do. Uh-huh. But tell you something about the voice of God. The Bible said that the voice of God is a still small voice. But the voice of an enemy is loud. It's loud. And it's lingering. It is. Amen. He got a problem shutting up. Right. He'll cloud his voice will cloud your mind. His voice will corrupt your motives. Y'all with me? His voice will cloud your mind and His voice will correct your motives. If you let Him, His voice will crucify. You know what I mean? He'll crucify your member for who you are in the body of Christ. We are many members. You know what I mean? And when one is not here, the whole, the right. whole operation is thrown out of whack. Yes, sir. If you let the devil cloud your mind and corrupt your motives and crucify you as a member, 
I ain't hurt nobody but me staying at home and wallowing in this. I just want to fly away. Wrong. Right. You're affecting the body. Amen. Why did David want to fly away? He'd been harassed. He said, the voice of the enemy will not stop. You know what the devil does? He accuses. He's the accuser of the brethren. You can't fall and get up and go on without having to hear about it for six months. Because he's the accuser of the brethren. He'll take one little silly thought that you had and he'll get in your ear and in your heart and in your life and he'll harass you the voice of the enemy may I say tonight that we're fighting we're still fighting a real war and a real devil and we're still having to face a real enemy and there's still a real voice if you're not careful you'll let the harassment of the devil and the accusations of the devil reach gets you to a place where you have reached what you feel like it's the end of your rope, and all you want to do is fly away. But flying won't fix it. Guess who's going to keep talking when you leave the church? Guess who's going to keep harassing you when you leave your spouse? Y'all with me? Guess who's going to harass you when you when you turn on those that love you the most? He ain't going to leave. He's going to get louder. That's what he does. Y'all ever heard stories, seen these people? Oh, I, oh, I, can, I, I, I hear voices. I hear, I hear voices. That's, now listen, that's not something that Hollywood made up. Amen. And I, and for one, I want to tell you, I know what it's like to hear a loud voice. I know what it's like. If you're not careful, You'll reach the place where that voice becomes so harassing that you'll want to fly away. Why do you want to fly away? Because he became hated. <laughs> Verse 3. I'm going somewhere. We're going, we're going to end up where we started tonight with prayer. Why do you want to fly away? Become hated. Look at verse 3. Because the voice of the enemy, harassment. Because the oppression of the wicked. For they cast iniquity on me, and in wrath they hate me. Do you see what it said? He said, they cast iniquity on me. Sounds a whole lot like who? Sounds like Jesus to me. He was without fault, without sin. What did they do? They kept casting sin, false accusations. They hated Him. Can I tell you something tonight? This old world, they hate us. I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to get this church to walk through life with a chip on your shoulder, having a pity party all the time. That's not the aim nor the goal of that statement. It's a reality check that the God of this world and the servants of the God of this world, being the devil, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, that's Satan, they hate us and the God that lives within us. The devil hates you. He hates your home. That's why he harasses you. That's why he belittles you. That's why he torments you. And if you don't figure out how to do something with the devil, my friend, he'll re he'll re allow you to reach the place where you fly away. Amen. He was hated. Why do you want to fly away? He was heavy. And y'all ever just get weighed down? He was heavy and horrified. Look at verse four and five. My heart is sore pained within me. He's heavy. 
The tears of death are falling upon me. He's heavy. I mean, he's got, he's got pain and terror. Death laying on top of him. Verse 5. Fearfulness. You want to know where the devil's aim to get you is? Right there. When he gets you fearing, he's got you where he wants you. You know what I was doing Monday? Fearing. Anytime you sit there and say, now what if? I was afraid. I was afraid. Y'all ever been there? May not be money. Maybe something else. You become fearful. God hath not given us a spirit of but of power and of love and of a sound. You know what fear messes with? Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. Now, time out. I'm talking about the same psalmist that said, The Lord's my shepherd and shall not want to make me to lie down in green patches, leave me beside the still waters, he restored my soul, leave me uh, this and the other. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will have no. One minute David can look the death angel in his eye and say, I am free. But when his best friend, his guy, his parents, someone he loved, someone he cherished, someone he's loyal to, someone that he stood with and for, turns on him, he's covered in fear. Does that mean David's a hypocrite? No. It means David's a human. That means you come in on church on Sunday morning and God loads your wagon and you go out on Monday ready to fight hell with a water pistol. But by the weekend rolls around, you're on the flat of your back looking up, scared to death, shaking in your skin. Does that mean you're a hypocrite? No. It means you're human. It means you're still wrapped in flesh. But good news, friend, that the same God that encouraged you the first time, He can encourage you again. The same God that pulled you through the first time, He can pull you through again. I'm telling you, don't fly away. Just have faith in God. He's heavy. He's horrified. In verse 4 and 5. Why do you want to fly away? Not just because of what he had became. Hurt, heavy, horrified, harassed, hated. You don't know why he wanted to fly away? Not just because of what he had became, but because he had what he had beheld. David seen some things. He became some things, but now he's also beheld some things. Look in verse 9. Y'all okay, ain't you? He says in verse 9, Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. You know what he's looking at? What he's beholding? A place. The place he once ruled over. The place that was once righteous. Are you with me? King David looks down at the place where he shared so many wonderful memories. The place where the presence and the glow of God used to be. Oh, I could preach you so many different ways. Y'all with me? The place. Jerusalem. He's looking. I used to sit on a throne and this place was wonderful. This place was holy. This place was innocent. This place was full of love and mercy. But now, 
Look what I see. You want to make a good preacher want to fly away? When he looks out and he sees the ruin of his place. David looked out and he said, I've lost grit. Absalom stoked their hearts. And by the way, shortly after the hearts of the people, listen to this, shortly after the hearts of the people go, the house of God's going with it. When they started following Absalom and quit looking to the Almighty, their streets went from quote-unquote streets of gold to streets of guile, to streets of guilt, shame, filth. Are you listening? What, what, what's going to happen, preacher, if we all fly away? Ain't a doubt in nobody's mind the reason this place is what it is is because, number one, God, but then to God, the people that represent it. And if we all change, we all leave. We all start looking for an Absalom to replace our David. You know what? David was beholding the ruin of a sacred place. Secondly, why did David want to fly away? Because he had beheld the ruin of a sacred place. Number two, he had to behold the betrayal of a special person. He's seen those he never thought would change, change. He wanted to fly. Get out of Dodge. You've heard the term. He flew the coop. That's what he wanted to do. I started studying. If you give me 10 minutes, I'm done. It's still early. Most kids ain't got school tomorrow, know how. I started studying doves. You know what I found out, Brother Shelby, about a dove? And notice the word of God. I, I told you when you read your Bible, read it line by line, word by word. David said in verse 6, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. So there must be something significant to the wings of a dove. I started studying doves, and this is what I found this week. A dove, when it flies, always flies low. Makes sense. David wanted to lay low, so to speak. Or you can look at it from your perspective, humbly. A dove flies straight. Does not fly in contours such as this. A dove flies straight. And when a dove flies, it is the first to seek shelter immediately. It loves to be covered. To be under cover, if you will. When a dove is faced with danger, either by a predator or a storm, what you'll find out is a dove will begin to take flight and it will make a whistling sound. It's wings. Y'all heard that and you thought it was in the bird's mouth. Most birds do it, but a dove's is very distinct. Y'all ever been scared by a bird? You walk out and it makes that little whistling sound? That's not its lips. It's wings. There's a high-pitched vibration and sound that comes from the wings of a dove. May I say David was willing to fly away as far as he could, even if that meant having to dwell in the wilderness. We read that. Can I say, though, that flying away won't fix it? 
When a dove flies, when it takes off and lands, a mourning dove, uh, the wings will make a loud whistling. And here's what that whistling does. It startles, it startles predators and it also startles slash warns flock mates. Now here's what the Lord spoke to me about. Don't know why it's important that you don't fly? Because you don't never study it out. Go home and study does. That's what I had to do. It's on Google. You don't have to look far. When a dove flies, if there's one anywhere around it, it flies too. Because those wings whistle. And the whistle is loud and it puts off a vibration and a sound. And the first thing that another dove does, it does not look and say everything's alright. It has no questions. It is moved by motion. Amen. Why is it important that you don't fly away? Because when you fly away, you're going to take somebody with you. When you fly away, you're going to startle and worry and put somebody else that wasn't having a problem, that wasn't dealing with doubt, that wasn't dealing with this, that wasn't bitter. Now all of a sudden, they're bitter and they don't even know why other than you're bitter. Oh, I've seen it in churches. And you have too. So and so don't even know what's going on. But they're packed up leaving because this one said that or this one feels that way. I'm telling you, you cannot fly. It won't fix it. You fly away, all you're doing is whistling to the other birds that the enemy is fixing to conquer. You know what you do if you fly away? You put everybody around you in a state of fear and panic. Can I say to the Christian, this is not a warning cry. It's a cry of forfeit. When you fly out of here, your wings start whistling. You know what we all see? We're left to face the music you want willing to face. You know what your song says? I quit. I'm out. I'm discouraged to the point that I'm flying away and you're whistling a song of defeat when you fly from the presence of the Lord. So what are you saying, preacher? i got six minutes. If flying won't fix it, what will? Are you ready? I've built, I've built to this point. If flying won't fix it, what will? Here it is. Falling. Flying will not fix your problems. But falling will. Not falling in the sense of getting out of the will of God. Not falling in the sense of rebelling against God or backsliding, whatever you want to call that. Falling in the fact of falling towards something. You know what David does? Look at verse 16. In verse 6, he wishes he could fly away. I ain't got time to preach this, but you want to know his whole motivation for wanting to fly? Look at verse 6. If I could, he said, then would I fly away and be at rest? He just wanted peace. That's the whole reason behind wanting to leave. He just wanted peace. You ain't never going to get peace by leaving. But look at verse 16. As for me, I will call upon God. The Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. And he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace. Did he deliver his position? 
He's still having to deal with Ahithophel. He's still having to deal with rebellion and the ruin of Absalom. But he said, He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle. I started out in verse number 6, wanting a way out, but now I can remain in the battle because I have peace. How to get that? Praying. We started off praying tonight. You want to know how to get to see God fix things? It ain't flying, it's falling. It's falling. It's falling to your face. It's falling to your knees in prayer. May I say, verse 18, He hath delivered my soul in peace. Can I say David's peace is a direct result of prayer? I'm going to give these to you very quickly. Three and a half minutes. I want you to look at David's prayer. David, number one, David was focused in prayer. Look at verse 16. As for me, I will call upon God. His, his mind has shifted. It's no longer on flying, it's falling. How are you going to make it when you feel like flying away? Don't fly away. Fall towards the cross. Fall towards Christ. Fall towards Calvary. David was focused in prayer. Look here, David was faithful in prayer. Look at verse 17. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray. How are you going to make it when you feel like flying away? You're going to be faithful in prayer. You're going to be focused in prayer. Thirdly, you're going to have to be fervent in prayer. Look at verse 17. Evening and morning and noon will I pray. Look and cry aloud. This ain't a one, two, three, repeat after me now. Lay me down to sleep and pray to the Lord my soul to keep us die before I wake. Pray to the Lord my soul to take. God bless my family. God bless my home. God bless me tomorrow at work and church. In Jesus' name, amen. I tell a lot of Christians pray. And you wonder why you want to fly away all the time. David is fervent in his prayer. He cries aloud. David is faithful in his prayer. David is focused in his prayer. And because of all that, David becomes fearless because of prayer. Is it a coincidence in verse 16 that we find David's focused in prayer? In verse 17, he's faithful in prayer. In verse 17, he's fervent in prayer. Then verse 18, he's all of a sudden fearless. He's fearless because of prayer. And I say because of David's labor and prayer, he regains the peace he had lost. You remember what verse 5 and 6 said, don't you? Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. Horror hath overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. I'm closing. The whole reason behind David wanting to fly away was to overcome fear. All he wanted was rest. How many of y'all have ever been there? All I want is peace of mind. Rest. I'm sick of fighting. I'm sick of feeling this way. I'm sick of hurting. I'm sick of feeling hated. I'm sick of being harassed. But can I tell you, flying won't fix it. Well, all you're going to do if you fly away is take somebody with you. When there was one that was overcome by hatred and harassment, and now there are going to be two, three, and four. He said, I'd fly to the wilderness just to get rest. Has anybody ever found the wilderness to be a place of rest in your Bible? No. David is willing to go all the way out into the world just to find rest. That's how the devil manipulates our minds. Why? He'd been hurt. My God, he'd been, he had been gutted. But flying won't fix it. Falling on your face in prayer. Well,
Let y'all stand. Father, we love you.